0: Heyo! petals and pistols! I'm Kaikina. And I'm Abby, and welcome to our personal space. Woohoo! This is episode 17. Hashtag prairie life. <laughs> because we really like prairie women. Yes. <laughs> and our husbands vetoed us using prairie women or anything prairie in our name of our podcast. <laughs> so we'll just use it as a title instead.
1: Yeah but I mean it did really have a lot of impact on when we picked it. Yeah, Which is kind of why we still picked the petals and pistols because like what we're going to talk about this episode we really admire prairie women specifically in the way that there's so much grit and also gracefulness in all of it. Like the, the woman who has both, which we believe is a biblical thing, to have grit and also to be feminine and to...
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The picture the picture in my head, uh, it's an old painting that I saw in a museum once, and it's a, a prairie lady in her beautiful blue prairie dress. And they're just super elegant to me and girly and feminine. They always have ruffles and lace on them. They're so pretty. And she had a rifle over her back and a baby on her hip, and it was like the perfect picture in my brain of a godly woman Mm -hmm. out there defending her family, her land, her God, and being so girly at the same time, (laughs) so that's like the background on prairie life. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we need to do a photo shoot like that, we've been talking about that, but we need
0: to actually, yeah, once it warms up, if it ever does (laughs) yes don't be surprised if we have photos in a few weeks of us looking like that yeah (laughs) so yeah today we're going to talk about women and grit Mm -hmm. and what that means biblically
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited because i feel like i mean learning like how motherhood pertains to my femininity is like i still feel like i'm starting at a really, I feel like I'm starting (laughs) if that makes sense. Like, I feel like you've got a lot under this. So I'm really excited, especially today to hear more, even as we were just going through these verses before we got started. Like I'm excited as we can talk more about this in a recorded way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been an interesting journey as I'm sure it has been for you as well, because there's so many, Opinions and there's yeah with social media being the thing that it is, you see information about women and what women should be and how they should be shaped and dressed and all that constantly all the time, and I feel like this is kind of a place that's forgotten a little bit mm. because you you have like the super feminist secular side, mm-hmm. That they're, like, way super strong and loud and outspoken and intense. And some of them are just straight crazy. um. And they have, like, so much grit. Mm-hmm. But in the wrong way because they don't have Christ. Right. And then you have this mush of, like, Christian women that they think that they can be feminists. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of like this in-between, like, unclassified area, and then you have some women that push so far in the opposite direction that they're, like, waiting for their husbands to tell them that they can breathe. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... Or that they're the way that they view how biblical womanhood works is that they're like waiting for their husbands to tell them that it's okay to act the way that God tells them to act. Yeah. Hopefully that didn't sound too like, convoluted. No, but do I you understand, understand what I'm? Yeah. Where so it's like,
1: like it's like um, it's like your calling is even though you're you are a wife and that is part of your calling, your calling truly first is to God. Over yes. your husband, over your children, over any other outside influences. It is truly to God first. And that's where your core is. That's yeah. what that's what directs everything else.
0: Yes. And even as a single woman without a husband or children, yeah. or if you're a single woman with children, whatever that Christian walk looks like to you right now, I feel like the way that a lot of people interpret how the Bible is telling them to function as a woman somehow leads out this gritty part. Mm-hmm. of it that that's like only for the dudes but there's like a lot of these verses that we're going to go to and a lot of what the bible holds calling you to be strong in faith and to you know not back down to what this world's expectation is of you um that is like a calling for all believers he's not just calling men to that he's calling it for all of us and to apply it in the ways that we're according to our sexes. So like we we're supposed to take the same grit that we're going to go through biblically and apply it in ways that are applicable being a woman, that I have to be up all night with babies, that I have diapers to change, that I have to carry a child for nine months, that I watch over a household, you know, Mm -hmm. all those ways that you're called to be as a biblical woman, but are you doing it in such a way that you have grit about it? kind of that rifle on your back Mm -hmm. attitude, like, okay, I got this through God, but I got this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've got my rifle, which is your word. The word of God is your rifle. That's what you're using. That's your defense mechanism. And then, but are you carrying that out in Mm -hmm. the ways that are feminine? Hopefully that wasn't too wordy. <laughs> it was really wordy, but hopefully not too wordy. <laughs> I like it. It makes sense. <laughs> so what, I guess, where do you think that you fell and are currently falling on that spectrum of like how you view or, or label yourself womanhood
1: wise? Like, that, that, that the identity of my womanhood is my identity as even before womanhood as a person is in Christ first mm-hmm. and so then that affects everything else that's what will produce biblical womanhood biblical motherhood biblical wife all those different things but it has to be in the person first just kind of like what you said like the instruction of this goes to believers and then you apply that to your gender to your roles that you're in yeah. and then that covers everything else so I think I'd say I'm with, I'm still like beginning in it. I'm not, I don't feel as like as much experience behind it to produce the full level of confidence that you have. But I do feel like that is where mine is, if that makes sense. Do you (laughs)
0: feel like it's always been there or have you, do you feel like you have identified with the, like, I'm a feminist or I'm a a Christian who's a feminist or do you feel like you've always viewed it from that point of like, well, duh, like it's me and God first. And then like, he's my portion. And then also my husband is there as like my partner.
1: Right. Which is how, how it's produced me to that understanding, which for me was, I thought that you could do the Christian and then you could be a biblical feminist. But then as I had to learn that you actually do have to apply that God is for your person first before everything else, then it affects the fact that I now understand that that pertains to biblical womanhood as opposed to biblical feminism does that make okay. sense like yeah that's the production of it i, th- I feel okay. like that's kind of a random way to talk about it but like 16 and 17 especially for me like just because of the group i was with on the internet like i was very like no i can be a biblical feminist like you can mm. do all of those things like you can mesh it you can be the one person who's in the middle of it all and then as i was sharpened especially in arizona like as I learned that, like, that you actually cannot. <laughs> that's very not possible because what feminism is, is anti-biblical. Yeah. Truly, at its roots. I mean, yeah. you can say all day that you believe that it is for all people of all kinds being treated as equals, but when you go back to the roots, kind of how we try to approach this holistically, when you yeah. go back to the roots, that is truly not what it is. Yeah. So you can even say that's what it means to you,
0: but if that's truly what it is, why would you say why would you want to be associated with that? As right, a exactly.
1: There's no need for biblical feminism because feminism beginning with is not biblical. So there's no need to I mean, we've also talked about this in a different episode. There's no need to change it. Yeah. To something that is biblical. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's kinda of where I stand on. <laughs> Do you feel <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, I feel like this is a place that I really struggled with. Um especially So like I was super anti-feminism pretty much my whole life, Mm. like very just against all of it. But I also never fully understood what a biblical wife was Mm. or just a biblical woman in general, but especially when applied to like a wife and a mother, um, I felt a lot more like just in the dark about it, um. And so it's also been like quite the journey for me because I would say that when I went into relationships before I was a believer and then when I was a believer, there was this side of me that wanted to submit because Mm -hmm. I was so anti-feminist that I even submitted in all the wrong ways.
1: Yes. I can relate to that too.
0: Where it was like, I know this is not good. It's not holy. It's not biblical. It's like... I'm getting hurt, but because I'm so anti-feminist and I did not fully understand what being a woman of Christ was and a warrior mm-hmm. in Christ's army and having grit of a believer, I didn't have all of those things and I wasn't mature enough in my walk yet that I suffered a lot mm-hmm. because I submitted in all the wrong ways and because your your husband, your spouse is also your brother in Christ right. and your husband. He's both. And so there has to be that balance of being able to speak to them in both ways with love if you have a real godly relationship. But obviously I was dating people that either claimed to be Christians and they weren't or they were also new believers or they had some vision in their head of how they were supposed to function that just doesn't work, which I experienced both, like the really abusive They just claimed to be a believer, Mm -hmm. but they really hated God um, and it was bait. (laughs) And then also the really intellectual, like um, stuck to the law, like Mm -hmm. a really legalistic Christian Mm -hmm. um, that I was never fully in a relationship with, but I spoke to him as if we were going to go into courting Um, and he was so legalistic that I never, ever, 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 ever matched up hmm. to expectations. Right. I could never read enough books or memorize enough verses for him or wear the perfect clothes every day. Like I was so stuck to this law mm-hmm. of what he had in his head, what a biblical woman was, that I was never good enough for him. Mm-hmm. But because the unsuredness in myself and not knowing God's word and not being strengthened by God... I submitted to both kinds and it was really detrimental to me. Um, And so like the longer, obviously I've been married six years now, which isn't super long, but I also have four kids. It's just been like a really long growing process Mm -hmm. that's gotten me to this point that there's, I'm called to have as much grit as my husband. Yeah. Because I'm a believer, not because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. So that's, Kind of the angle we're taking today on the subject. Yeah. Is that it's also a commandment no matter what gender you are. And then you apply it to what your gender is.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because God first. Yes. And that shapes everything else. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So what's it, like, what's an area that you feel like, because you've been married two years now? Yes. So what's an area that you feel like your grit, like true biblical, like as we're reading and studying this last little while about this subject, like during your marriage and parenting, Mm -hmm. what's an area that you feel like you've come like leaps and bounds in grit wise? Um, just like
1: actually sucking it up. (laughs) Like, Mm. if that makes sense, like... Because obviously, like, having a kid now, like, I mean, you could relate to this. Our weather's been crazy. And so, like, I have hip pain now that happens when the weather changes. And so our weather change was crazy yesterday. Like, my hip was killing me. It's like knives in between my bones. It was awful. And my daughter and my husband both needed me to be positive and encouraging and Positive encouraging Caleb. Um <laughs> But to me legit almost spit out the water. But um you know what I'm talking about like they needed me to be positive and uplifting and um assured and like keep keep everything on task, make sure everybody was fed, everybody's hydrated, everybody was napped, even though like I was physically dealing with pain. Like to still not let that affect my mood. Because that's one of my things. That was one of the worst things about my pregnancy is that I didn't realize the correlation between the physical pain that I had and how that was affecting my marriage because I was letting it come out of my attitude. I was not having self-control and self-discipline over the thing in the ways that I could control it, if that makes sense. For sure. Because there's some ways that like, like when the weather changes, I cannot control the fact that I have hip pain. I can do things to help it. I can improve it. But at the point that I'm at right now, just in the matter of one span day, I cannot just fix it with what I needed. And so, but what I can fix is my attitude and my approach to that and how I go about that with my family. And so I've seen that happen in these two years, especially through pregnancy and postpartum with everything healing. And even now, like just yesterday is just more of like the, like the grit, like suck it up. Things got to get done and not in a way that's like, what's the word? Like not forsaking myself because I still did things that were to help relieve the pain, help just like you know, help my day be easier, help my mood. I read. Yeah. We're not Bible. saying if
0: you like cut your finger off that you just ignore it because you can't right. to be fed. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I still did things to make sure that I could operate, but it was for
1: operating in the way that my family needed in the way that I'm called to be. Yeah. So that personally, and especially with the physical and my attitude, how that all correlates together has been one of the mm. biggest ones for me. What about you? Cause you've, do you have, you've got six years. So I'm like, do you have a lot of do you have several different ones? Do you have ones particularly even recently that you feel like you've seen sharpening in?
0: Yeah, I would say that the same thing that you're talking about um, was definitely one of the first like places I was sanctified in, knowing that like I've always been a pretty tough person Mm -hmm. and not really, um, not realizing what for me more of like the emotional mental toll. Because like physically I'm tough. Mm -hmm. I can, whatever, like, my body can take it. I'm kind of built like a workhorse. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> my mental and emotional side was really sanctifying because when I was younger, I just didn't let those things come out. Mm. Um, especially before being saved, it was like you hold in your emotions, you're not allowed to show them, you just say you're fine and you keep moving, yep. which was detrimental because as a Christian, we're supposed to acknowledge these things work on these things sanctify through these things Mm -hmm. know that your heart is deceitful that you can't allow your emotions to control you you know so that was a place that in the same way but for me more of like the emotional mental toll Mm -hmm. that I had to just be like yeah but it doesn't care it doesn't matter because I have xyz that God has asked me to do every day as a mom and a wife, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter what my attitude is. And I can ask my husband for assistance and I can go into my word, you know, and get fed and be strengthened through my word. Mm -hmm. But I also need to do what God's asking me to do. It can't just be one or the other. Like I can't just be like, oh, but I'm struggling with this. And so I'm just going to flop on the couch and woe is me and my husband has to do everything. And it also can't be like, okay, well, I'm just going to read my Bible and everything will be fixed because then you're ignoring the doing part that God's asking you to do. Right. Which is a command. Like, we're called to do these things. And so, for me, it was like finding that more of the emotional-mental balance of that. Yeah. Not so much the... Like, for you, it was like correlating your physical with your mental and emotional. Mm-hmm. And mine was like, how do I soften my heart and my mind because Mm. I am a believer now, but not let them take control over what I'm doing. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes 100% sense. Yeah. I think that one has been my biggest one. And then, um, I would say another place is learning how to communicate with my husband as my husband and as a believer. Mm. Um, which I would say has taken a lot more work and that one's like still a work in process in progress for sure and a lot more fresh. Like I would say just within the last two years, my husband and I have gotten to the place of speaking in such a way that we're acknowledging each other as brothers and sisters in Christ Hmm. before and at the same time as acknowledging, acknowledging each other as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to sharpen each other also. And so I was struggling on my side with like just submitting to every little thing that my husband did, even if he was doing something that was not biblical. Mm. And so even though if I knew it was unbiblical, I I wouldn't say anything instead of being like, let's go to the word about this or like, and not being like the overbearing you know, naggy wife of like you're wrong. You're so yeah. stupid. The Bible doesn't say that. Like I wasn't doing I wasn't going it about that way. Right. Like I was going it to him humbly as an other believer saying, "Let me walk with you. Mm. Let me take this burden with you. Let me help you with this." Um and I would say that's an area he's grown in a lot too. But That's awesome. I that kind that. of grit that you need that it seems scary especially someone who submitted so hard in the other direction that I kind of needed to like gain that grit. Of like, no, God first.
1: Yeah. So
0: God is above my husband. My husband's not my portion. And thank goodness he's not my portion. Because he's a sinner just like I am. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness we're both going to God first. And treating each other as believers. So I would say those are my two biggest ones that have grown since being married.
1: I love that. So, and I'm sure awesome.
0: I'll have a million more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <'cause Save. laughs> the sin world don't stop. <laughs> But thankfully, we have this wonderful list of verses that we're yes. going to go through together to help. Yeah. <laughs> so that when the world doesn't stop, we know that God is in control still. Yes. And he has something for everything, literally. That's why we have so many resources.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. So I would say we've got some verses here that are like God calling us out, that this is our command. Mm-hmm. Um. We've got encouragement examples like us whining i'll read we're whining and then we go back and we read about the things that the the people who came before us paul specifically that he endured and we're sitting here like oh my amazon order didn't get here (laughs) on time (laughs) um okay okay so this is paul in 2 Corinthians 11, um, starting in 25, and he's for perspective on us. Three times I have been beaten with rods, once stone, three times been aboard a ship wrecked at sea, a whole night and a day spent adrift in the deep, many times on journeys exposed to perils from rivers, bandits, my own nation, Gentiles, cities, perils in deserts, seas... Perils from those posing as believers, but that were destitute of knowledge and piety, toil and hardship, watching often through sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, driven, uh, frequently driven to fasting by want and cold, exposed, lacking of clothes. Um, he just goes on and on and on, and then he talks about like, who's weak that I don't feel his weakness. He's like sympathizing and Mm -hmm. having compassion that everyone is going through struggles. They're going to be condemned by this sinful world in one way or another. Um, And then he concludes by talking about that like the God and father, the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like that's where your substance comes from. And that we're called to go through these things with God as our goal, mm-hmm. and so like I love that one. Not like it only kind of speaks on this, <laughs> yeah. but for me it's a perspective, yeah. like it no, for sure, just kind of jogs your memory and gets your attitude back in line because you're sitting here complaining about things that are so simple and things that the secular world would focus on mm-hmm. as complaints. And not things that you as a believer should be, honestly, just wasting your breath about. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Right.
1: And I love the perspective for that verse that it takes away the fact of yourself. Because I know when I hear that verse, I'm like, okay, so if I'm focusing on all of the things that have been done wrong to me or have wronged me or that are happening around me, I'm focusing too much on myself. Mm -hmm. So it's a great perspective that I'm really glad that Paul put that in there. Yeah, you know, and that it does at the end reflect back to God, where it's like, okay, but God is your portion, not yeah. yourself, not what's going on around you, but God truly.
0: Yeah, it takes that self focus away when you get that like perspective jolt from Paul. Um, I love in Second Peter one five, it kind of gives you like it shows it in the light of a command and like how you're supposed to go about it, and that you know from this that it's speaking to all believers. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, okay, dudes do this, and then women just follow through. And we're not saying, like, overpower your husbands, Right. right? Like, you're supposed to take God's word and apply it to your calling. So if you're a woman and you're a wife and you're a mother, how do you apply the grit and the steadfastness, I guess that's really like the biblical word of what we're getting at with grit, yeah. would be steadfastness. You're, you don't want to be all over the board. You don't want to be seven thousand one one day and negative two the next day. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're back to 500 and you're really excited and then you're down to 72 and you're just kind of like blase. like, are you being a steadfast, knowing that God's your portion believer, mm-hmm. um, so it says, for this reason, adding your diligence to the divine promise, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control and in, ex- uh, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness or piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: And that verse is
0: from? This is Second Peter 1, and this is 5 through... 8 is what i read. Mm. But that whole chapter kind of touches on that like that it's again finding that balance mm-hmm. of like waiting on the lord for that whatever season you're in without stopping doing what you've already been commanded to do. Right. So like when i'm waiting on the lord for an answer in you know, if we're moving somewhere. That doesn't stop me from being a wife and a mother and proclaiming the gospel and being part of the great commission of spreading the light of God to all nations, just because I'm waiting on the Lord in one section of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like especially in the mom world, and it's probably just because I am a mom (laughs) and I don't see it from the man's point of view, but I feel like sometimes there's that temptation to be lazy and to be like, okay, well, I don't really know if we're going to send you to a private Christian school or homeschool you or send you to public school. And so then you just kind of do nothing with your kid. But you're always supposed to be feeding into them. Like we're called to turn them into arrows, which are a weapon of war. And, but you're just kind of like, "Eh," and it kind of puts you on hold. And so like, do you have the grit and the steadfastness? Are you in your word enough? Like, are you really believing that God is giving you the power to sanctify that area of you? So that when those times come, that you can not be 7,000 to negative two. Right. That you can be that steadfast, whatever number it is that God has put you at. You know, that's just an example. Like, are you constantly a 300? Mm -hmm. And obviously you're going to have moments where you're sad or you really are scared. Mm -hmm. But are you still making a righteous, godly choice when you're scared? Right. Are you confessing that sin? And then are you still making that choice, that Mm -hmm. godly choice? Or are you walking in with false cockiness going, I got this. And then the rubber meets the road and you cower Mm -hmm. in the corner because you don't really have that confidence in Christ first.
1: Where it's like, there really is the perfect balance. It doesn't have to be, it's not a one extreme or the other. It's God's standard truly. And so there is a way to biblically do it that is consistent, that does things like, keep you as a grounding source for your household, yeah. you know, like the fact that if you can be at a 300, you know, the the middle number all the time, and obviously you have your moments, but then if you are consistent and you're reflecting God, because God is consistent, yes. that because of that, your family for the kingdom of God benefits yes. to that as well. Yeah. So even just in little things, whether it is really a tragedy happens or it's something as simple as a sibling hit another sibling you know, or a rough night of not sleeping or husband got laid off. Like, you know, between all of the things you can still be consistent in your steadfastness of being truly like being the mother and the wife, being wholesome and being steadfast to your family as God is steadfast to your family. And that through you you can be a tool for your family to further understand Mm -hmm. who God is. Yeah. So I get what you're putting
0: down. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Did you have any verses when you were studying this that like convicted you or stood out to you or you were like, yeah, that was like the missing puzzle piece to what my thoughts on this were or like an encouragement forward in this topic? I really liked, um, for, I really liked Romans 12,
1: uh, two, which is the, do not be conformed. Do not let your mind be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't remember the rest of it, but I love that one. Um, we can actually pull it up because I think the rest of it is important. But I love that one specifically because I feel like it's a good, like, kind of like bumper guard where it's like, you're like, okay, what do I need to use? What do I need to utilize for being steadfast to my family? What do I need to work on for myself? And I really like how this says that. Um, okay, so let's go to it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so whatever you let into your home or whatever you utilize for your home structure is to be testing it against God's word. You know, whether it's all of these verses specifically or your own verses that you have just the Bible as a whole, to always be taking whatever you're using in your household, all the situations of your household and take it to God. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, we had sleepless nights nights with babies and everybody is thrown off guard. So biblically, what do we do? Mm -hmm. You know, like how does that affect our family structure?
0: Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as like, mommy needs a timeout. mm -hmm a cup of coffee and a bar of chocolate and I need to go read the Bible (laughs) so that I can recharge internally and then I can serve you guys the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means everyone needs to do that in your household. Yeah. Sometimes it really does look like, honey, like mommy needs a nap and your husband does take over, but are you doing it in such a way that is focused from the Bible centered perspective Mm -hmm. and not from what you're seeing on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest like, are you using some Christian blogger to compare yourself? Or are you using the words from God to compare yourself and how you're doing it? Because those can be useful tools. Hopefully this podcast is a useful tool and it makes you think, you know, ho- the I read a lot of blogs. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but they're just tools. They're not God's word mm-hmm.
1: and then let me pull it up again because the other verse that i really liked was it's a little jumble of them there's romans 5 and verses 3 through 8 i believe let us be full of joy now let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and it rejoice in our sufferings knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance And endurance develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Mm -hmm. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died in behalf of the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, somebody might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that we are still sinners. Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one died for us. Like, what does that verse mean when you apply it to your parenting? You know, like how many leaps and bounds does it take where it's like, okay, I'm a mom and I'm having a hard day or I'm having a hard time with my child. And you take that perspective and you're like, okay, but it's for the endurance and the perseverance of all of us for ultimately the kingdom of God. And so if God's glorification through our family structure is our goal, mm-hmm. then this is actually good. Yes. <laughs> and then during a toddler tantrum, I can actually have joy because I know that my God is with me and that through something as simple as a tantrum or husband losing a job or the loss of a loved one or something along those lines like that even in that i can still find joy because i know to the end of it i've already got a walkthrough of what is going to be produced Mm -hmm. for ultimately god god's glorification yeah you know so i that verse specifically i loved it when you read it to me and i felt it even more when i read it now where it's just like it truly is like you like not like a i don't know not like a girl you got this but like like a biblical like You're you're called called. to this. This is your calling, you know? And that's why I love so many of these verses that we put out is that it's very much calling, you know, as you know, you are called as a believer and here is how. Yeah. And so here's the logical way. And then how do you implement that, implement that into your parenting, into your marriage so that you do truly produce endurance and also Christian love and brotherly infection, but also brotherly correction, you know, like how do you produce all of those things as a biblical household?
0: Um, yeah, so I really like that verse. <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> reading it again. <laughs> I would say that that one's probably like the the root of this conversation that we're having. Yeah, for sure. Is that, that one's like our little catalyst that we had that, you know, produced what we're talking about right now. Because we know as wives and mothers and just believers in general, especially with all the outside worldly, cynical, death culture, yeah. secular points of view that there are, that we have a God that is steadfast. And is that what we're yearning for and moving towards and praying for in our hearts to be sanctified and praying for our children and praying for our husbands is that they are anointed with that wisdom and that knowledge of steadfastness and that security in Christ. And that even if you have to say, please don't touch that socket, four thousand times in one day just one day not counting but all the other days that you have said it that that is producing endurance in you and it's actually if you're going about it in a soft gentle biblical way that you're not allowing that four thousand times to produce sin in you Mm -hmm. that it's going to produce patience yes It's going to produce a good relationship between you and your child. It's going to open up communication. And so all of these things, if we take that stance that it's going to produce fruit in your life, in your husband's life, in your children's life, and from the outside perspective looking in, it's going to glorify God's kingdom, which is our goal. So um, we've got a million other verses that we... Okay, not actually a million, (laughs) but we do have several other verses that we will put up, um, on our post to go along with this podcast. Uh, so check out our Instagram. It's at pedals and pistols podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll put all of our verses and resources up there. There's also a really good article by Stephanie Boone that we read through and she has a little, um, area in there that she, is addressing, um, our identity in Christ isn't theoretical. It has practical implications and she has like a little, um, segment in there that talks about like that your identity in Christ versus the outside world. And she talks a lot about being weak and having grit and showing your fleshly weakness and handing that over to God. And then taking on his power and putting on your armor of christ um so we really liked that one Mm -hmm. and i'm excited to read over it again actually and get even more out of it so we'll have all that posted there yeah go check it out join the conversation anything else um i love doing episodes in person with you yes (laughs) (laughs) so because this is a
1: pre-recorded episode so this is by the time you guys are listening it'll be a couple weeks ago that we recorded this but i'm I really love doing episodes in person with you. So whenever you're ready to make that a regular thing,
0: (laughs) vice versa, girl, just kidding. We're both trying to convince the other person to move closer to the other person. It's obviously going really well. All right. Well, we're going to go take care of our babies. Yes. And our husbands. So We out. We out.